Happy Halloween, everybody. You know, as hunters, we often find ourselves in remote, isolated, and potentially vulnerable situations. Now, that be, may, might be because of, of critters that are lurking in the darkness, but it might be critters of the human variety lurking in the darkness, too. So in honor of Halloween, we've got some spooky stories for you. we got a story from Zach at THP. We've got a story from Lee at Seek One. And we got a couple stories from our very own Vortex's Eric Barber and Mark Boardman, me. So listen in. If you dare. Happy Halloween, everybody. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Spooky Stories, Things That Go Bump in the Woods, THP edition. We've got Zach Fahrenbaugh across from us. I did have, we just finished a different podcast. It was on deer hunting, one of our favorite topics. I had Eric with me. And uh, he said, Zach, he said he had to go to a meeting. I think, yeah. he, I think he was scared. I, <laughs> I, he, probably, he probably would be a little freaked out in this situation. It would actually be hilarious to see Eric in, like, be a part of this story. Like, I feel like he's like the classic, uh, he's the classic guy that would be like completely wigged out by this experience <laughs> that we have that I'm about to tell. That's awesome. Well, what, uh, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's, let's dive in. Uh, you know, I know I'm, I'm super curious. I mean, you guys, you guys are in the woods a lot, a lot of weird stuff happens in the woods. So like, I'll be curious to see, uh, what, uh, what you have for us today. So this story is like one of, one of our favorites because there's so many to this day, unanswered questions about it. Um, but kind of a small backstory to the the beginning of it is we had seen a big buck the day before on this piece of public land. We weren't seeing any hunting pressure. Um, it was gun season. And I think that it was going into like Saturday of gun season. So we were thinking, you know, there's a decent chance that there's going to be people here tomorrow where there wasn't yesterday on Friday or whatever. And we were super excited about going back into this area. And because of that, we were going to get up super early and um, take a couple different vehicles down there and um, tackle it together. So Jake had a tag and I had a tag. Keith was with me filming me and then Ted was with Jake. So we get a super early start, like way, way earlier than like, like maybe one of the earliest ever. And I love introing this story like this. I always do it this way. So <laughs> my perspective is I'm driving down the road. It's dark, super early. We're drinking our coffee. We're just getting to that point where it's like, and we're pretty lively, ready to get out of the truck and start going. But, you know, we're on our way. We're not quite there. And Jake and Ted were about 15 minutes ahead of us. And Jake says, or I get a call from Jake and I answer the phone. And he says, dude, we've got a problem, like big problem. And he's freaking out. And if you know Jake, Jake is like the most level character of all time. Like he has no, um, like sometimes like no emotion on things that you think he should. Right. He's pretty even keel. Yeah. And like you, I'm envious of it at times because I get pretty worked up about things. But he is freaking out, like to the point where at first I'm like, hey, hey, like, is everything okay? Like, I thought somebody was hurt, like maybe a wreck or 
you know, I didn't know. I had no idea. I thought somebody, I thought there was a like injury or something. It's never good when the person who never freaks out is freaking out. Yes. That's like, that's like, that's, that's unsettling. Yeah, it it really was. And, and I, I, so he called, he calls, he says like big problem. And he, all right, I, I'm like, what happened? You know, and he kind of like rambles, blah, 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 blah. Like, I saw these people get down there and they said they were looking for rocks and blah, blah. And I saw the guy, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, dude, just chill out. I'm like, did you call the cops? And he's like, no, do you think I should? And I'm like, I think you should call the cops. Like, it's pretty freaky, right? So that's intro to story. Now we're going to back up to like what happened before and why Jake called me. So they pull into the piece of public land. And in this particular area, there's two high hills. And at the very bottom of the high hills, there's a pull off. And there's a little creek down there and kind of like a marshy area. And they pull in and there's another vehicle there. But it's like super early. Like I'm talking two hours before daylight, like way earlier than most folks would be getting there. And Jake pulls up parallel to this vehicle. So He's in the driver's seat, Ted's in the passenger seat. And then next to him is, you know, the passenger seat of this other vehicle. And then the lady that's in the front seat and he can tell it's a woman. He rolls down his window and she just never looks up. She's just got her head down, like looking at her phone or just like, not even like just completely ignoring. And I mean, talking, it would be odd to see a vehicle drive down the road, let alone pull right up next to you. Right. So Jake's sitting there kind of trying to get her attention or just waiting for her to look in his direction. And she eventually just says, or she eventually like after a couple minutes, like kind of like annoyed rolls down her window and is just like, can I help you? And Jake's just like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just, you know, planning on going in here to go hunting. I was just seeing if you guys were going to go hunting as well. Um, just you know trying to see what your game plan was and that way you know we don't run into each other and she says well we're not going hunting my boyfriend is out there and he's looking for rocks and jake's just like okay um yeah seems reasonable yeah <laughs> we're, gonna go, we're gonna go we're gonna we're gonna go hunting back here and she's just like yeah okay like whatever and like kind of blows him off and goes right back to like not looking at him and they're like, man, like that's pretty weird. So they get out and they start getting out of the vehicle and they immediately push everything that's on the driver's side, which is closest to her vehicle, to the passenger side. And they're just getting their gear ready. They're putting their packs together, you know, whatever. And this is all within the first few minutes of them being there. So we're still kind of, you know, Keith and I are still on our way. And they're packing up and they have their headlamps on. And while they have their headlamps on Ted, like Jake kind of tells Ted, like, keep your headlamp up because if you keep it up, like it's kind of blinding to them or Mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. And because he was already feeling, both of them were feeling super uneasy and suspicious. Jake kept periodically just like glassing behind Ted. So he'd walk behind the headlamp. That's, you know, intending to 
distract, blind, whatever. And he's glassing to this woman just to kind of like keep tabs on what's going on. So they pretty much get almost ready and they check one more time. And Jake glasses from over their vehicle through their passenger window to her in the driver's seat. And he can see that she's turned to her left, looking like looking with her head kind of quartered into the window. And as he's looking at that, he realizes that the guy is hiding behind her door and peeking up, talking to her through the window. And he can see like all of a sudden it dawns on him like he moves and he can see the guy's eyes and his face with a black hood up sitting on her driver door window talking to her and he's like clearly hiding from them yeah like like definitely trying not to be seen so jake's just like ted we gotta go like get in the vehicle and he they push everything back in the vehicle ted jumps in jake sprints around to his side of the vehicle which is right up against hers you know yeah they pull out so again they're parallel and they pull out and back out and then drive past. And as they drive past, that guy's no longer there. He's sl- slid to the front of the vehicle to hide from him completely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, like, he just saw him. And, like, it's one of those deals, too. Like, after the fact, you're like, are you sure you really saw that? Like, and, t- and Jake's just like, dude, no doubt. Like, you know how it is when you're glassing in, in low light, like, especially at some close distance. It brings so much, especially especially with our badass vortex optics. (laughs) 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 It pulls a bunch of light out and he can see the guy sitting there. And then when they drive past, he's gone. So now they're like super wigged out. Like the guy's clearly hiding from him and something's really weird about this situation. But all they know is that she said, he's out there looking for rocks. Like, what does that even mean? It's four in the morning or whatever, you know, it's, it's pitch black out and also he's out he had been out there and they never saw him like there was no light no nothing so they pull out they turn back around and they get up on the high hill above this lot and they're just sitting in the right lane of the you know right side of the road it's gravel road waiting for us so they go up to the top of the hill they call us the whole panic scene happens that i told at the front end of this story and i'm like call the cops. We'll be there in 10 minutes. Like just try to stay calm and you know, whatever. So we pull up to them and Ted and Jake, and they tell us like a more relaxed version of the story. They kind of like had been freaking out and now they've kind of got to where they can at least explain a little bit more in detail of what happened. And we're like, Oh dude, that's super weird. You know? So we know the police are on their way because Jake had called. And, but we don't know how far they are. We don't know what the de- the details are. So to kind of keep tabs on what these people are doing, I drive past Jake and Ted, go past them down in the bottom, go past that, you know, where they're parked. And as we go past, we got their license plate number just, just in case, because that was, that was one of the reasons we did it. Zach, you, you know never to split up during a scary movie, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Luckily, I mean, honestly, luckily we had um we were in the vehicle and that made us feel slightly safer, right? Yeah. And and because Keith and I didn't pull in, we just slow rolled, you know, that where Keith was able to get, you know, 
a, a mental image of the license plate. And I also remember seeing somebody out in the marsh with a light now. So like guys out there looking for rocks. Now he's somewhat visible because he's got a light. Okay. But you can tell the vehicle's still running. And we're just like, okay, dude, this is so weird. Like who knows what is going on out there? Like, we don't know. We don't know what's happening. And, and, and also a back, a, a very small backstory. Somebody had just been murdered on public land, like the, the season prior. So that was in 2018 season in the 2017 season, somebody was legit like murdered on public land in some of the areas that we hunt. And that's going through our mind. Yeah. Right? Like, here we go again. Are they burying a body back there? Are they like, well, who knows what they're doing? Are they hiding weapons? Like what, what is going on? So I'll tell you the last thing that I think they're doing is probably looking for rocks. Well, well, I'll, I'll circle back to some theories because again, there's unanswered questions. So we end up going past them and we go up to the other high hill. So basically there's, you know, a hill a valley They're in the valley. And then there's another hill and we're parked on either side of them. So no matter which way they leave, we're going to see where they go. Just doing that mostly so we can tell the cops because we're scared. I mean, we are scared. So Keith and I pull over. We're facing back where they had came from or where we had come from and Jake and facing where the rock lookers and Jake and Ted are in their vehicle. So I don't know how long we sat there. I don't remember at this point, but we sit there for a while and all of a sudden we see headlights coming towards us and we're like, here, here, oh, here comes somebody, here comes somebody. And it's just like that classic moment of you're like, it's, it's, it's Jake. And Jake is full speed, like flying down this gravel road. And he slams on the brakes, locks them up. And just, you hear just, and he's like, they're following us, follow them. And as he like says that he hammers it again and gets out of there and here comes the vehicle behind them. So again, backtrack, they're set up in their spot and they're sitting there and they see headlights. Well, it's, it's the rock lookers. So as they're coming up, you know, Jake is on in his lane on the right and starts to slow roll. As soon as he sees him just to like not be suspicious, he starts kind of rolling again to like make it seem like they're just traveling through. Well, as soon as this vehicle with the rock lookers in it sees him, they immediately whip it in front of him and then back out to like cut him off. And he goes around them, like goes off to the left and goes around them and takes off fast. Well, then that's when he goes up, pulls up to us and says, they're following us, following them. We see that. So snap back to our perspective. We're watching Jake drive away, them, the rock lookers coming behind him. And then we're like, there's another vehicle and it's the cop. So next thing you know, we're driving down this gravel county road Jake in the lead, rock lookers behind, then the police officer, and then us. And we're just oh four gosh. in the morning and we're just going down this road. And I remember just like watching, you know, thinking like what an insane scene and like who even knows what's going on. So we drive for like a couple of miles and then we eventually just like pull over, turn down a different road. And I remember watching those, the, the rock lookers and the police just like going off into the distance, you know, up and over 
the the hill. What and, the heck? Yeah. So, did the police have their lights on? No. Well, they had you know just just their right. running light, like just their headlights. So, but didn't ever didn't ever pull them over. So, we're thinking to ourselves like, okay, what, like what is going on? So we called the we call the police again. And we kind of just are like, hey, like, you know, we did end up getting their license plate. We know that, you know, the officer was following right behind them. Just kind of curious, like, we're just basically we're just following up at this point. What what's going on? And uh, they're like, yeah, well, you know, nothing really is. There's no real updates because, you know, we don't have any real. Like jurisdiction to pull them over i guess like that they're not technically like doing anything illegal while it's super sketchy like they weren't there's no means to pull them over like yeah i guess that kind of makes sense but like from our perspective it's like it's so oddball in the hiding and the like not really um the the hiding is the part that was super weird it's suspicious behavior super suspicious behavior so then we're in, caught in this dilemma where we're like, well, do we go hunting in this spot? Are we about to find something that we shouldn't? It's still dark. I mean, it's still like we like that's how, how early it was. This entire story took place and it's still, you know, an hour and a half before daylight or whatever. And uh, we end up just deciding to go. And I'm talking hair on the back of your neck standing up as you're walking through this woods because you don't know what's about to happen and it was a really big buck so we had to go <laughs> you know <laughs> the buck we saw the day before and it was just a hot spot area like we ended up almost getting one that morning but anyway um like really that's kind of the end of like the story so i mean as far as like unanswered questions go the only thing that we could come up with is could they be truly looking for rocks, but rocks being a code word for like crack rock, like whatever, like looking for a drug. Like what we kind of have assumed up to this point is that they were maybe just looking for like a drop spot where there was some weird illegal drug activity going on. You know, we never found anything like as far as, you know, nothing else suspicious was found out there. So it's like, could they have just been like straight up, like, you know, kind of cracked out, kind of looking for something that maybe wasn't even really there. Or like they, they had heard through the grapevine that there was some sort of drug drop there. You know, I have no idea what truly was going on. I mean, you could make up a million things, but like the part that will always be the weirdest is that the guy was hiding on the driver's side, talking to the driver, and then proceeded to slide around the front of the vehicle so that they wouldn't see him. Right. But then, but then we did, like I said, when Keith and I drove back past him, we did see him um, out there with a light looking for something. So like, to this day, I'll never know exactly what was going on. But man, that was one of the weirder things that's ever happened. And like, certainly like a, a freaky moment but also like rest of the day too where you're just always like i don't know if i'm gonna just like stumble upon something out here in the marsh that i you know that they didn't want us to find but either way man that was something and it, it was a yeah pretty weird story it's a funny one to, it's a funny one to tell just because of like you know if you know jake too like 
knowing how freaked out Jake Jake was also knowing how Jake is like usually never affected by anything is pretty fun <laughs> part of it as well. So that's my that's my weirdest story. Um probably from ever being in, in the woods as far as something spooky goes. Like just something you never really get the answer for and you can always just make up whatever you want, but pretty weird. Man, I guess. Like yeah, like you said, it's like open ended, but like what like what are you out there doing? Why are you why are you hiding? What what are you why are you, why are you hiding? hiding? That's the weird part. Like even to the point where like you know, the part that does make it confusing is like if you are just looking for drugs, like is it is it that important that you're hiding or like is it what is going on with this character that is making them afraid to like show their face? And I think you know, my guess is, is that there's probably my, I guess, again, back to the, like making your own theory is, you know, maybe that guy just was like kind of in trouble already. You know, maybe he didn't want to get caught by anybody. That's why they're traveling late at night looking for stuff, maybe, you know, but then you're like, what is his background that makes him so afraid that he's hiding from people? Like I, I'll never really know. And like the other, you know, well, then it's like, you don't know what, what have you what exactly have you stumbled into? Did they kill right. somebody back there? You right. know what I mean? Like you don't know. So then all of a sudden now you've stumbled in this situation. This guy's obviously got something to lose, right? Yeah, right. You know, right. or at least yeah. feels like it. Um, totally. Man, it's just not good. Ugh. Yeah, and it's not good. And like I guess another like little little mini story is, um, I had mentioned the guy had got murdered on public land, and I guess through just like local like other hunters and and stuff like that like somehow the word got to that uh, the game warden his name's dallas he he we know him pretty well like just over the years got to know him seeing him around and stuff and i'm driving one day i was just driving i don't even know where across the country somewhere and i get a call from um the game warden and this is again the year prior and and he's like hey you know is this zach Farnball? he's like i got word that you know you hunt back in this area um what like what was the last time you were there and like what have you know what did you see did you see trail cameras did you see this that and the other and he kind of just asked a bunch of like you know questions just trying to gather general information and um come to find out that in this particular spot that I hunted and um, had been in like for multiple years, I suppose this guy had got murdered back there. Somebody shot him a lot and like it became this whole big case and eventually like got solved where they found where the guy had shot from they found his like little ammo stash like this is some weird it was like a very weird planned out thing like i don't know Ugh. the details of what happened and made him do this but like he had set up like a little ammo spot where he had like a basically a, a sniper setup and he waited until the guy kind of funneled out of there's one kind of one way in one way out type of deal in this spot and he shot him and killed him. And they found the guns on the the murderer's 
family property, like hidden, buried, you know, on the property. And what's super spooky about it is, is the guy that got killed, his name was Curtis Ross. And he um, had actually recognized from a video that we were hunting the same area. And Curtis had messaged me prior, like saying, hey, man, cool to see that we're in the same area. Like, good luck. Like, this is kind of what I'm seeing. So I had interacted with this guy before. Oh, my gosh. And now he's murdered. Yeah. Dude, tragic. Wow. Yeah, tragic, terrible. Like, just like, obviously, obviously something had happened. But nothing's worth, I mean, obviously, the guy that pulled that off is just like, got something wrong. Like, you, yeah, nothing's worth killing somebody over. Obviously, it's just like, insan- insanity, like, and the fact that like, it all was so closely related to like, what we had been doing and like we had been hunting back in there and like that particular year we hadn't hunted in there i think real early in october and this kind of happened like um late october i think so about a month so it had been about a month since i'd been in there and i don't remember if when uh the game warden called me if he said any details about like what had actually happened i feel like he couldn't tell me at the time But I remember being like, man, this is super weird. Like, I've never got a call from the game board about, like, you know, all these things that he's asking me. And, like, where did I go and what did I see? And I was like, man, I just pretty much popped in there looking for sign and, like, didn't see what we were looking for. So we left. And, um, yeah, but, like, ended up um, – actually ended up the next year shooting a buck in that same – same exact area so (laughs) that never end up stop hunting it but uh yeah it's pretty spooky and like definitely like i know where exactly where it happened like it stood like you know stood where stood where a man was murdered it's kind of spooky you know like and and kind of makes you think like uh i don't know makes you think you're pretty lucky that nothing crazy's you know you never bump in hopefully don't ever bump into somebody that's got something going it makes him pull something off like that like that's just insane and and you know also just like small town world like it's it's i think that part of it too where you know everybody has this perspective that like the big city's super dangerous but it's like you know crazy people are everywhere and you just gotta be careful i guess yeah i mean you know good reminder there and you know you'd like to think when you go out in the middle of the country and you're hunting deer or whatever you're like oh man like like you said like oh this is you know safe and you know yeah. so you got to be careful for a variety of reasons but right. you're also you know pretty isolated you can be alone nobody yeah. around um i don't know man yeah there's but, there's but, but, but also at the same time apparently there's uh nothing scary enough that a big buck won't cure and get you right back in there so that's yeah well and that's true like the whole rock story is pretty funny because like i remember being like super torn where we were like all scared to go in there <laughs> it was like well but there was that big buck so like <laughs> we just do it and, and we did it and then same thing with the you know that's that other area where the murder took place which in ways is like um you know is spooky it's just it's all in your head too because it's like obviously that's like 
over and and the, the case is solved the guy's in the prison. guy got caught yeah like yeah the guy got caught and he's in prison like it's 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 over but it's still always going to be in your mind like this crazy thing like somebody was killed yeah. right here I mean, like just, I'm standing in exactly that spot and it, it, it gets under your skin a little bit, especially when it's dark. And honestly, I wouldn't be able to go in there alone. I, it would wig me out too much. I'd, I'd be convinced that, you know, I would be convinced that I was going to be in a scary movie of some sort and something crazy is going to happen to me. But, you know, I was able to overcome it when I have a friend with, you know, filming. But like, man, still like a, a weird Oh, there's an ear, there's an eeriness, you know, an eeriness when something like that happens, you know, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. I don't, yeah. Zach, I don't care for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I certainly don't either, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like when it hits or when it happens at a place that you frequent, it's like, I don't know. It, it was a unique, it's been, it's been one of the more unique things that's ever happened to me just because like, you know it was just an area that I was probably inevitably going to go back to, you know, it's public land close to where, you know, where I used to live. And I, you know, to this day, there's always a chance that I go film. I'm not a resident of Iowa anymore. So I don't hunt there like necessarily hunt myself, but I still film there. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, if Jake wants to go in there, like we're going to go right back past, you know, <laughs> Ted wants to go in there, whatever. It's like, we'll go right back past that spot. And it's just a, it's a spooky thing, but it's, but it's a, uh, I don't know. makes for a good story. It does, man. Yeah, no, that is, uh, that's a good one. I appreciate you telling it, uh, today. Uh, and, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to go in the woods again when it's dark out. Uh, we'll see TBD. Uh, hopefully you guys out there enjoy the story and, uh, yeah, than that, Zach, thanks for the time and, uh, thanks for the chills and we'll catch you guys on the next one. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome to Spooky Stories, things that go bump in the woods. This is the Seek One edition. This is actually going to be a little bit of a double feature. We've got two Spooky Stories because these guys are always, uh, Lee and I were just talking about, you know, by the nature of what these guys do, they hunt in the woods, but they're also close to people, uh, in close proximity to people a lot of the times, even though they're in the woods. And people are kind of weird, and sometimes weird things happen in the woods. And Lee, this is where this is where you come in. You get all your spooky stories. Yeah, we almost went the triple threat route because I I just told you about the other story I've got where the this place I used to hunt had like eight bodies that were exhumed from a from a murder suspect in Atlanta. But we'll we'll skip over that one to get to these other two. We'll just gloss so. over that one. Another time. Another maybe, time. Maybe we'll save. Maybe we'll do this again. We'll save that one for next year. But uh, no, man. Uh, well, appreciate you uh, taking uh, the time here. Let's uh, let's let's jump right in. What do you what do you when when you're taught when the story that you're just like yeah we'll gloss over that one. I'm like okay. So what stories do you have then that you're like oh yeah this one we're gonna tell this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, we were talking about this beforehand. I've kind of got one that's that's more of your spooky sort of spirit scary ghost story, and I'll. I'll keep that one. I'll tell that one first and keep it kind of quick. Uh, and then we'll jump into the one that just kind of most recently happened to me. It's just a, a scary situation that uh, personally, I want people to hear it just so that it potentially opens up some eyes of people just like about their situational awareness when they're hunting new places or somewhere they're not familiar with, or just, just hunting in general. Um, you can find yourself in a situation we found ourselves in when you least expect it. 
And when you're alone or you're just, you know, you're kind of away from people, you're in the woods or whatever, like just, you know, you never know who you're going to run into. So the first one we'll start off with is uh, we've got uh, a few rock quarries in a part of Georgia that is uh, really deep with mining history. I mean, these rock quarries have been open for hundreds of years. A lot of these rock quarries, which I guess is the first part, part of it being spooky was they were they're mining for headstones for, you know, grave sites, essentially. Uh, it's granite and these, these old quarry pits, just they're sheer walls and they just drop, you know, a hundred feet, no problem down into water that probably goes another hundred feet deep. Um, these, these, these were opened up, like I said, like a hundred years ago. And in the early 1900s, when these were originally opened, like, People die, workers died in these quarries all the time. It was just not safe. Um, you know, it's, it's just, we've come a long way since then from a safety standpoint. So like, you know, someone would probably die every year uh, working in these quarries. Like it was not, it was not uncommon for someone to die every year, a worker to die every year in these quarries. The, uh, the OSHA it's rules, the OSHA rules weren't quite the same back then. Correct. So this particular quarry was like one of the most historic is one of the earliest ones open. It was open for like, you know, almost, almost a hundred years. I think it's like 80, 90 years it was open. So you take all those years that it was opened and how many workers potentially died there. Um, apparently this place was a common place for people to go that were kind of wanting to take their own lives. Um, you know, jump off this ledge kind of thing. Uh, on top of that, the local sheriff talked to us, this is, you know, about over a year ago and, uh, was telling us that there were murder victims that were found. I guess these quarries are common places for people to dump victims. And that particular quarry, they said they knew of, I think it was four or five bodies that had been dumped in that particular quarry in barrels. They said they found three of the five, I believe. And they said there was like two of them that were, that they still were not able to find that they were certain were in there. So I tell you that just to give you a background of like the deep history and just kind of just darkness to this place. Um, this place was packed up and abandoned, like all the equipment, all the machinery, all the old buildings, all of this stuff. It's just the way it was just all this old equipment. And it's you, you enter this property. It's spooky. Uh, we used to have uh, some guys that were Navy SEALs. Uh, they used to hunt this place. And even these tough, you know, you know, just dudes, not, you know, fearful of anything dudes, they were scared to death of this place. Uh, they said the amount of times that they were, like, in their trailer that they had out there at night and, like, the sheets would get ripped off the bed. Uh, all of the lights in their, their truck and their trailer would just start like flashing in the middle of the night, like just tons and tons of stories like that, that, that when I was talking to them last and they knew that we were going to spend the night out there to hog hunt, they were like, guys, you know, just be aware that this is like, we're not kidding. Like crazy stuff happens at night at this place. So, um, we decided to go on a hog hunt out there and I, I had never personally stayed out there like after, you know, too late in the evening. Well, we were just going to camp out at the edge of this rock quarry and not, nothing 
too crazy happen, but we were out there. It was late at night. We were cooking a hog and all of a sudden, like all of our electronics quit working. Like we, we kept hearing noises in one of these sheds that was up on the quarry ledge, just kind of eerie. Like, you know, someone up there kept hearing, hearing stuff. And then all of a sudden, like our flashlights quit working, like the radio in our trucks quit working, just like electronic stuff, just sort of like just stopped working. And then all of us just got like a very, very, very uneasy feeling. Uh, and all of us almost unanimously were just like, like, let's get out of it. Like we're leaving, like, well, let's get out of here now. We all just kind of felt it at the same time. And so we were leaving the property. And as we literally, as we exit the property, our flashlights start working again. Like the radio kicks back on. It was just like stuff that wasn't really functioning properly before when we left, like started working fine again. And so you know, I, we've actually kind of joked about taking like a Ghostbusters guy out there, like a Ghost Hunters <laughs> guy out there. I think that would honestly be a really killer episode. Um, and just kind of like let him cut loose and just sort of see like if anything happened. Oh my dude, I I've had like chills, like hair standing on my up on my arms for like the last like two minutes and you said one thing you're like you know you, you go into this place and i'm like i'm not going into that place like with the background knowledge of what you have of that place i'm not going into that place because it sounds spooky these these navy seal guys they they're super good dudes they brought their pastor out there one time not not like a hey you know try to unwitch this but like bless this it was just like they're close with their pastor and they're like hey you know you want to hunt our lease and so these guys went out there hunting and uh, the pastor was out there and he said they were driving around the truck and he, they said the pastor was there for like 15 minutes and he was like on his own made up his mind. Like, guys, I don't want to be here. He was just like, I, I have an extremely uneasy feeling about this place. I, I don't feel comfortable hunting here. And so they left. Like so, had they given him the background on it or did they say, no. I just want to hunt this place? No, it's just, yeah, it's just an old quarry property. They didn't really, you know, it's not like they tried to hype it up beforehand of like, you know, trying to spook him out. He, he just landed on that conclusion, his own, where he was just like, I, I don't, I don't want to be here. I don't like it, man. Um, there's just stuff like that, or I've had, I don't know. Sometimes you just got to trust your spidey senses a little bit, you know? I mean, I can't explain those feelings that you get sometimes, but I've had a couple instances like that in the woods where you're just like, I don't like it. It's time to go. Yeah. I found a couple of crackheads getting it on in an old trailer out there one time too. That's not that spooky, but figured it would be worth bringing up anyways. A little bit gross. Just adds adds to the uh, you know the, <laughs> the mysteriousness of the property. So, <laughs> a lot going on out there. Oh man, yeah. I don't know. You're there not. There was also a few. There was also I forgot about this. There was also a fugitive that had broke out of jail and was living on the property for like two years while we were doing all of this didn't didn't know it he was living there the whole time and someone floating a river saw him or whatever and you know eventually they found him and found his campsite he had out there but like yeah he broke out of jail been living there for two years unbelievable yeah interesting place yeah hey let's go hunting um <laughs> all right well uh if you liked that one tune in for this one what's what's going on so that's like story <laughs> one which was great what's uh what do we got up next 
Lee. So this this next story is 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 more real world, um, just kind of situational awareness. Uh, it honestly, it take to really tell the t- the story in its fullness probably takes thirty to forty minutes because it was it was a three over a three hour ordeal uh, that we kind of found ourselves in this situation. Um, but for the sake of time, like I'll try to breeze through it as, as quick as I can. Um, so I posted on my Instagram, like, I guess it's probably a month ago or so, like that we kind of found ourselves in a, uh, like a hostage situation. Um, and this guy's, so I'm hunting North Dakota, middle of nowhere, extremely rural part of North Dakota, very not urban at all. Um, hadn't have been talking to farmers all week, had no issues with anybody. Everything's everyone's been super nice. Been hunting this particular area for like four days straight. And this Sunday morning we were driving around trying to glass deer. We've been driving around for like an hour. We pull over to this tree belt and I'm going to go down and pull my, my stand down and we're going to move it to a different area. I'm in a rental car. My camera guy, my camera guys in the uh, passenger seat, my buddy Jace who lives out there is in the, the uh, backseat we see this red truck coming down the road and uh didn't i didn't think anything of it i was like if he if this guy stops he'll probably just be super nice ask us if we had any luck so he starts to stop again i'm not thinking of anything of it and i'll try to refrain from using his language i'll try to just keep it pg-13 we can so use abbreviations guy pull, yeah that's what i'm gonna do so Sky pulls up, rolls his window down, asks what we're doing. Like, you know, we're out here trying to chase a deer down or whatever. He immediately starts asking us how much money we have, which to me was the first red flag. I also am reading this guy's just sort of demeanor, and I can tell that he's, like, not sane. Um, and so he starts asking us how much money we have. I'm like, you know, man, we don't, we don't, we don't carry money on us, really. And he's like... He's like, well, I, I know where some deer are at. And he's like, you know, how much, how much you willing to pay me? How much? And he kept asking how much money we had, how much money we had. And then he's like, uh, he's like, you see all this land around here? It's like all that, that's my land. It's like, all this land is mine. He's like, you're on all my stuff. And we knew that wasn't true, but we don't know who this guy is. Like he's local. We're not, we're just trying to keep, keep cool. Like, you know, let him do his thing and he'll be on his way. We'll be on ours. And so then uh, he pauses for a second. He's like, you know what? Get the F out of the car. And we were like, I was just like kind of caught off guard. And he's like, get the F out of the car. He's like, it's disrespectful to not step out of a car and shake a man's hand. And so he's like, get the F out. So, and again, I'm telling this story because there's a lot of things I would have done different on the back end. And I want people to hear this to sort of learn from like, if they find themselves in any similar situation of what to do, what not to do kind of thing. Um, first off, I never should have gotten out of the car. All three of us got out of the car. Cause again, it's Sunday morning, seven 30 in the morning. We're totally caught off guard. It's not like we're prepared for this in any way. We don't have a firearm in the car. Um, this guy, you know, is, is driving a, a red truck in the country. He's got an NRA hat on. He's got a bullet casing around his neck, uh, on a necklace. He's wearing an NRA shirt. You know, I'm already thinking this guy's probably packing a gun, like, you know, odds he has a gun in the car, probably pretty high. Let's just listen to him and just keep the situation cool. So we get out of the car and he's like, 
you know, accusing us of being cops, asking for the feds, stuff like that. And he had a beer in his hand when he got out of his car. So kind of confirmed, like he's in an altered state of mind. He's trying to get us to like drink liquor. He's pulled out a liquor bottle. He's trying to drink liquor and stuff. And like, he asked me a question. I was answering the question and he immediately cut me off and was like, shut the F up. He's like, you don't, you don't talk to me. It's like, when I'm done talking, then you can talk. He's like, just, you know, totally on edge, like, like a light switch just would just go crazy. Um, and so he, uh, he gets like super, super aggressive, like just at the, at the blink of an eye. And he looks at us when we got out of the car and he's like, he's like, looks at all three of us. Like, he's like, I know who you got. You guys know exactly who I am. He's like, I can see it in your eyes. You recognize me. I can tell. He's like, I'm a world famous rapper. My name is, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to say what he said his name was, said his, what his rap name was. And he's like, I'm famous, you know, all around the world. He's like, I'm, I'm, you know, as famous as it gets. I can see in all your, all your eyes, y'all are starstruck. And again, like he's saying things that a crazy person like on drugs would be saying. None of this sounds sane at all. No. Yeah. The stuff he's saying is not sane whatsoever. So he goes on to tell us that he's got a nine millimeter on him. Um, and then he starts, keeps asking us, are we the feds? Are we the cops? Like, no, man, I'm not the cops. He's like, I wouldn't give a shit if you were the cops. He's like, I'm six, I'm six, four, two twenty. He's like, I'd beat the, you know, you know, crap out of all any police officer, like anybody that came at me. He's like, I served two tours in Afghanistan. He's like, I killed people. Like it was nothing. No questions asked. I'd walk up to him, shoot him in the head, stack their bodies. Like it was nothing. He's like, killing people is nothing to me. He's like, I could slit all through your throats right now. No problems. And he's got a knife in his pocket. You can cl- clearly see his knife. So then he starts telling us about how his girlfriend stole money from him and how he he'd laid out his entire plan of him murdering his girlfriend, how he was going to take her on this camping trip and how he was just going to basically, you know, kill her off on this camping trip, bury her out there and just, you know, that they'd, she'd never be found or heard, heard from again. And, uh, again, like super small things would set him off about our conversation where he just like flip a switch and just would just have this like burst of anger. So all three of us are kind of reading the room. We're trying to just be, keep this dude like calm, cool. And as soon as we can find our first out, like we're getting out. So, um, he basically is like, he's like, he's like, y'all he's like you're coming back to my house he's like follow me to my house and i was like in my mind i'm like perfect he's gonna get in his car and go one way we're gonna get in our car and go the other and we will split ways from this dude we'll peel gravel he'll never see us again well he goes up to my buddy and basically forces him to get in the car and he forces him to drive and again like we're treating the situation as if he's got a firearm because he said he has he said he said he has one i can't i can't tell He's got a shirt. I can't see if it's, you know, tucked in his waistband or whatever or in his car. So we're treating it as such. Like he's got a firearm. We're essentially defenseless. And I'm at one point in my head, I was like, we're going to have to fight this guy on this gravel road right now. Like when he's saying all his threats and stuff to us, like I thought all three of us were going to have to fight him. And kind of like a fight for our lives kind of thing. Cause like, dude, he was just like flipping a switch into so much anger just like that. And I was like, it's going to break into a fight. 
So I was trying to position myself like behind him where I could like choke him out as quick as I could before he could, you know, kind of grab whatever. Um, that's where I, in my mind, I was a hundred percent sure that's where this was headed. Um, but we tried to keep the situation cool. My buddy gets in his car, he goes to the back of the car to start peeing. And I looked at my buddy and I was like trying to get him to get in my car real quick while he was peeing, the, guy, the yeah. crazy guys peeing on the back of the truck and peel out. And that's lesson one is like, well, first one's never get out of the car. Two is if you find any sort of out, don't hesitate yep. and take it. That was our first out was for my buddy to jump in the car and us peel out. And there was, there was hesitation there. And then the crazy guy got in the truck with him before, you know, we could make that move off. We go, he's headed, he's driving us back to his house, like 15 minutes back to his house. I'm taking pictures of the car. I'm calling a local friend of mine there who knows the sheriff. He's passing all this information along with the sheriff, the guy's name, license plate, vehicle description, all that stuff. Uh, sharing my location, my live location with him so he can see where we are. This guy drives us back to his house, but he drives us behind this barn, like on the backside of this building where there's just woods. And I call my buddies in the car with him. I'm like, dude, we're not driving back there. I was like, we are not going back there. And he was like, no, he's calm. He's cool. Like he's, he's fine. And I was thinking about the only thing I did have was my bow in the back of the car. I thought about grabbing my bow at one point and drawing down on this guy and being like, look, this is how this is going to go. You're going to lay on the ground and we're going to get in our car and we're going to leave. You're never going to see us again. And if you don't let us leave right now, I'm going to plug you with this broadhead. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that thought crossed my mind. Dude, hundred percent. I can see you being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to shoot this guy with my bow. It's like, how can we take control back of this situation mm -hmm. is what I was trying to play in my head the whole time. And until then, we're trying to play it cool, trying to play it cool, keep everything calm. And my buddy's like, no, no, no. Like, he's calm. He's cool. Like, it's fine. So this guy starts walking back out of the woods, back up to us. And I'm, I'm trying to be nice with the guy, try to be buddy-buddy with him, keep it all cool. My buddy, who was just riding in the car with him, turned to my camera guy and just said something super brief to him, turned his back for, for a half second on this crazy guy. This crazy guy snapped in a way like I've not seen many people snap and just like started dog cussing. My buddy he was like, don't you effing turn your back on me. Like that's dishonest talk. Like F this, you know, just like went off. So he went from being calm to one small thing. My buddy turns back, boom, erupts. All of us at that point are like, you know, this is, this is, we all knew it was serious, but like, we really need to get out of this situation. Like this guy is a loose cannon. So he takes us back to his house. He tells me and my camera guy to go in the back and look at these apple trees that are falling or whatever. So we work our way back there. My, he brings my buddy inside. This guy goes to grab a rifle, a 270 rifle. My buddy grabs it from him like quickly before he can grab it. Not in like a, they're fighting over the rifle, but he just, he like took it away from him before he could, like kind of have this rifle so my buddy's sitting there holding the rifle the crazy guy's like careful that thing's fully loaded like you know you need to be careful with that thing and then he goes and grabs a different rifle and there's also a, a handgun and a holster on the kitchen counter so i turn around and see this guy walk back out of his house with a rifle and in my mind i'm just like this this keeps getting worse this dude this this this, this situation keeps getting worse and 
my buddy left the rifle inside that he had. And so this guy's on the porch. He's kind of just, you know, aiming it kind of just, just being kind of nonchalant with it, whatever, like holding this gun. And I'm, we try to distract him. So there's like this golf bag full of golf clubs and we like distract him with the golf bag, like started, you know, making bets, like bet you can't hit that tree trunk over there with the golf club and the golf ball. So he puts the rifle down to pick up these clubs and he's like hitting golf balls. I go out to retrieve these golf balls. I'm looking at the house from the front windows. He goes inside for 60 seconds and I'm texting my buddy because this guy's picking up on our body language at this point. And if he saw us like, you know, let's go, let's go. He'd probably come storming out of the house. Mm-hmm. I'm texting my buddy. I'm like, we're leaving now. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. We're leaving. Like, we got to go. This is our chance. He's inside. Let's go. Me and my camera guy start working back to the car. My buddy who lives out there goes and peeks his head inside of this guy's house. And he sees that the pistol is no longer in the holster that was on the kitchen counter, that this guy has it on him now. He doesn't see where the guy's at in there. And so he just like, when he saw that, that he, the guy had the handgun now, he was like, he, he took off running to the car, jumps in the car. We speed out. This guy comes running out of his house onto the porch and it was, it was too late. We were, we were gone and he like, he couldn't do anything about it. So that was how we got out of that situation. Oh, while we were hitting the golf balls and stuff, like we made a statement like, Hey, we, we got to go into town to get like breakfast and stuff. He said something like, he's like, you're not leaving. Like something along the lines of like, y'all, y'all aren't leaving. Yeah. Uh, just, which is a very spooky statement, which yeah. is, you know, like I said, it wasn't like this guy pointed a gun at us and was like, you're my hostage. But it was like, he made it clear he had a gun. He made threats to us, told us we weren't leaving, like made it clear that we kept trying to leave and he wouldn't allow it. So, we get out of there. Well, the sheriff gets back to us and he's like, look, this guy's got a laundry list. We know who he is. He's got a laundry list of charges. He's got countless DUIs. He's got a bunch of assault charges. He's got uh, like writing fraudulent checks charges. Uh, he's, and then the, the last one he brought up, which was a felony, is uh, a menacing charge, which menacing is essentially uh, holding someone against their will and making like life-threatening threats to, to them. Uh, and he was like, what he just did to you guys is textbook menacing. And he's like, we would basically the sheriff's like, you know, we would, we would, we, they wanted us to, to pursue charges, but we were like, dude, we just, we don't want to deal with this situation. Like we just want to wash our hands of it. We got out of this situation and we, we don't want to deal with this guy anymore. And he told us, and I, and I told him about, you know, this guy's plot with his girlfriend and all that stuff. And he said that he's he's facing enough charges with his girlfriend now that, you know, he's, he's going to be in a lot of trouble anyways. Um, my buddy who lives out there talked to another guy who lives in the area of where this guy took us back to his house and was like, Hey, by happenstance, do you know this guy? Before he, we even told our story to this, this guy that lives there. He was like, he's like, dude, like, I don't know why you're asking me about this guy, but you need to stay away from him. Like he's, he's extremely dangerous. Like you need to stay away from that guy. And he went on to say that he saw him at the bar the night before at like 8 PM, just out of his mind effed up. And we saw him 12 hours later at seven 30. And by the time we got, it was a three hour ordeal from the time he drove up to us. By the time we peeled out of his house and, and were able to get out 
it was a three hour ordeal. And, um, this, he basically was like, you know, he's, he's out of his mind on drugs. He's an alcoholic. He's, he's like mentally insane. And he was like, we have been saying for years, this guy's going to kill someone because we've seen him just like almost beat people to death over nothing and just a bar fight or something like that. And they were like, we've been thinking for years, this guy's going to go off and kill somebody over nothing. And so we told him the story and he was like, dude, he's like, that's literally, he's a ticking time bomb. Like that's literally what everybody who knows him has been totally expecting out of this guy. And so it was just wrong place, wrong time to cross paths with this guy. And, you know, I'm from Atlanta. Like I would have figured something like this would have happened in Atlanta, not rural North Dakota. No. So I want people that hear this to be like, never let your guard down of when something like that can happen. And personally for me, like obviously every state is different for their laws, but I don't want to travel without carrying a firearm with me uh, wherever I go on any hunting trip I go on from here on out, because had we had a firearm in the car, we would have handled the situation totally different than, than how long it took us to kind of be able to get out. And I would also say, like I said earlier, if you find yourself in a sketchy situation like that, do not hesitate to get yourself out because like a super small, quick decision like that, that window is super small. And, you know, we don't know what this guy's intention was for taking us back to his house or really what his intention was for the whole scenario. But very, very easily, it could have turned into something just extremely horrific, extremely tragic and a super small split second decision of, you know, get out of that dude's car, jump into our car and peel out could be the difference. And literally like life and death, life and death. Yeah. This guy, this guy could have easily had pulled that firearm, the handgun he said he had and been like, you know, all right guys, like let's go walk to the woods, robbed us and killed us. Like easily could have done that. And there's nothing we really could have done about it. So just our guard was let down because it was early in the morning, rural North Dakota. And I will never be caught in a situation like that again. And I will never let it drag on for that long either. I will make sure that we get out of that situation earlier. Like I never would have gotten out of the car in the first place. That was the first mistake. So easy to, uh, easy to look back, you know, obviously like lessons learned, but like easier to look back. Well, yeah, you should, you should never should have gotten it. Well, yeah. Yeah, I I know that now. But like then you also think like you talk about where you were. Like how many times if you've hunted, you're on a dirt road and you've had tons of interactions with people who are like-minded people who are out there doing the same things you are like, "Oh, how's the hunt today? What have you guys been up to? Where have you been at? Oh, good luck." You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's your expectation of the interaction. Yeah. Uh obviously this went south and this guy was not in his right mind. And, and like you said, man, I mean, I was like, I mean, obviously you're here right now. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. And, and just like you said, like you guys aren't leaving. Like, what do you mean by that? Right. That could mean a lot of things. We're not leaving for the next 15 minutes. We're never leaving. You're not leaving. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was, it was a bad deal all around. And it's, what's kind of crazy is like the aftermath of it. You know, I had a, I had a handful of people that I personally know reach out to me 
that I'd never heard these stories from. And one of them's a good buddy of mine. Um, and he said, it told me a story about similar situation where his brother ran into a guy, uh, you know, in the woods guy was out of his mind, sort of put him, put himself, this guy put these guys in a similar situation. And this guy, this friend of mine's brother had to kill this guy, uh, because it escalated so bad. And there was another story that came out of this guy that was hunting his own property and ran into a trespasser and the trespasser, like, uh, basically when confronted by this guy who was leasing this property, you know, I guess this trespasser had hunted there for years. He felt like it was his land and just kind of old stubborn kind of dude runs into this guy that says, Hey, I lease this place. Like, don't come back here. And this guy that was trespassing was like, if you ever tell me to not come back here again, like I will kill you. And I, this, you know, it's not verbatim, but this is the nuts and bolts of the story. And this guy went home and I, I think he left like a note to his wife was like, if I ever go hunting and I don't come back, like there was this, this is the description of the guy and kind of wrote, I guess, wrote this stuff down. Maybe he just told his wife. I don't remember what it was. Well, a couple weeks later, guy goes out hunting again on his lease, runs into this guy and this dude kills him. And point is like crazy stuff happens. Um, especially when you're dealing with hunting and firearms and, and, and you're in the woods and just, you know, you, you can potentially cross paths with people that, uh, are not meant all mentally there. And it's just like, we need to be really, really careful as hunters that we're aware of our surroundings. We're letting people know where we're going. And, you know, I've been guilty of that. of just going hunting and not even telling anyone where I'm going. Like, Thank God I had two other buddies with me in the car with this situation in North Dakota, because if I was by myself, that guy probably would have felt like he was in more of a like controlling situation where like, he's just like, I can do whatever I want. Yep. And, you know, would have probably overpowered me with how big he was and the weapons he had and stuff like that. So thank God I had two buddies and there were three of us, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it's just, I think that's the biggest takeaway is like, when you're going to new places and you're just in the woods and stuff, like be aware. Yeah. Be extremely aware. Yeah, dude. Uh, that is a crazy story with a crazy person. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys got out, you know, I'm, um, you know, and then you, you kind of told a story of a, of, of a person where it did end tragically. Right. Um, yeah. Like you said, I mean, Oh man, if you, uh, that, that stuff happens more than you think. Yeah. You know, not looking back, it's like, you know, as you're talking about that stuff, I'm thinking about, Oh, good buddy of mine, like nothing like crazy, super crazy happened, but was hunting, you know, and like ran into some folks like it was day before gun season. He was getting ready to hang a stand. You know, you can assume these people are hunters. All of a sudden it's like, Oh, it's clear that these people are not hunters. Like they were back there, you know, not in the best form of mind possibly doing meth, possibly making meth. You know, they'd been back there for a while. And, you know, luckily he just kind of was able to back his way out of the, you know, the interaction. But like those people, they didn't even know it was hunting season. He's like, oh yeah, you know, it's hunting. they're like hunting season, huh? You know, but yeah. like you just run into some weird stuff um, or you can. Um, and so, like you said, keep that, keep that situational awareness. Like if you do get, 
yeah you know find your out find your out you yeah know? so like find yeah. your out and take it do not hesitate crazy story lessons learned um well yeah. man i think we were supposed to go for like 20 minutes i think we're probably i don't even know what we're at but uh I yeah, think hopefully it was entertaining enough for people to tune in. I, Ryan has like a, a timer. It's actually gone. I think it actually just uh, malfunctioned. It's over, but we're good because it was a good story and it was uh, worth every second. So uh, Lee, man, I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, it looks like you're kind of out in the field a little bit today. So we'll let you get back to it. Hopefully you've let everybody know where you are. You've got uh, maybe like an in reach on your cell phone on and uh, you know, maybe uh, packing a little heat as well. So always packing heat and always sharing my location with, with someone that I trust. So those, those two things. All right, man. Well, good luck out there. Be safe. And uh, hopefully you never have another story like this to tell us again, even though you alluded to another one that you might have. So appreciate on. you guys having me down yeah. the road. All right, man. Take care. Bye. All right. What is up everybody? Welcome to spooky stories, things that go bump in the woods vortex edition. I have across from me, Mr. Eric Barber, Eric, sounds like you got a uh, a spooky one for us. Don't scare me. Don't go scaring me now. I won't scare you, Mark. But are we talking spooky or creepy? Like what level? Spooky. And here's the spoiler alert. This is a real thing that can and will happen. People will encounter this. So I'm going to lead with that. This could happen this to could, you. This could happen to you. So the year is 2020. The date is mid-October unbeknownst date i don't know the, the exact date but it was a it was a sunday uh very dreary uh drizzly weekend um you know not not ideal hunting weather but it was a sunday i had some time to kill so i went out for an afternoon sit the access route that i needed to take to the spot that i was hunting was through a creek bed and picture a very tight uh creek in between two valley in between two ridges that basically form a valley in the bottom okay but that valley is very tight there's not a whole lot of space from the you know whatever called the eastern ridge to the western ridge it's pretty tight in there so you feel like you're kind of in a you know you're in you're in like a box yeah, you're boxed in a little bit exactly so walking in you know spot i've never been to before totally new area just kind of scouted my way in my thought process for this hunt was to get over a scrape knowing that it was drizzling i was hoping that maybe the rain would break i'd get a buck to come in freshen up the scrape get a shot at it didn't happen saw only i think one or two deer that whole hunt and in the dark i got down started packing up my stuff ready for the trip out of the woods what was different about this hunt than others is I had a trail camera with me in the back in my backpack and I wanted to get that camera out over a scrape. My whole you know strategy was I wanted to get in there. I wanted to bring the camera with me, find a scrape. I didn't want to put the camera over the scrape before the hunt. No. Because I didn't want a buck to come in, see the camera over the scrape and then spook and get out of there. But once I did find that scrape, I was going to hang that camera in the dark. So it took a little bit longer. It took probably, you know, to figure 15 minutes after uh, legal to get packed up. So now it's, you know, even 15 minutes more after sunset. And uh, now you're messing around with a trail camera. That took some time. I wanted to get the camera set up in the perfect spot. It was sending pictures to my phone. So I'm like, you know, framing it up. It took a little bit of time. Figure it's probably now 
roughly 45 minutes after sundown, it is pitch black. It's dark. Yeah, it's dark. It's not like that twilight stuff that, you know, you might be used to walking out. It is it is black, which is fine. You know, that's nothing new. So I'm walking out the way that I came in. Again, this is a very tight, close quarters area. I'm walking down the creek, and all of a sudden, a shriek, like, just echoes through this this uh, little creek creek bed like like a, a person screaming and I'm I'm thinking like what the heck I am you know a mile from the nearest road at the absolute closest I don't know what's going on and it just was one single shriek um, what's the status of your pants right now not good <laughs> yeah soiled <laughs> so like, did you think it was a person Were you I like, did. oh my gosh dude well, there's a- so so what happened is i was on my way walking out so was it a person you're kind of making this noise you know you're you have like your own you know your breaking brush and whatever and when i heard it the first time i'm like what the heck did i just hear so i stopped and I'm, I'm like listening, nothing, nothing, nothing. I start walking again and I hear it. So I stop again. Now I'm obviously listening for it. And I hear it a third time. <clears throat> it's probably within 60, 70 yards. It's, it's fairly close. And at that third like uh, scream, I knew that it, it uh, I confirmed then that it wasn't a person. Okay. I'm like, what is this That's thing? That's good. Because like, you'd, you'd be wondering, like, uh, like, I'd be like, oh my gosh, is that a person? Okay, what's going on? I don't want any of that trouble. And maybe I need also help this person. Right. Right. Exactly. And if that person is screaming, why are they screaming? Hey. Because I don't want to deal with that. No. So, but I've ruled out a person. Still don't know what it is. Kind of gave me just an uneasy feeling. Um... Walked out of the woods, and it was one of those times walking out of the woods. I don't know if you've ever done this, but you you know you just kind of feel Ugh. a little off, dude. I'm getting chills all over my body because I've had like I bet like five or six occasions where you're like I don't know what it is, I don't like it, and you got chill. You're like exactly. Get a, you get a little spring in your step. Yeah. So I keep a flashlight in my backpack that I use for deer recovery. It's uh it's a uh, super, super bright beam. I mean, I can like attach this light to an AR and light up, you know, 250, 300 yards across an open field. It's that kind of bright. I have never in my whole hunting, you know, time of hunting ever taken that thing out for a walk out of the woods, but I did on this day. And when I took it out, I did a quick scan around me just to see if I could like get an eye shine off something or, you know, figure out maybe what was going on. I didn't. So I, I hustled out of there. It was one of those walks out of the woods where you're looking back over your shoulder, just seeing if anything's behind you. Felt really good when I hit the trail. When mm. I did finally hit the trail, I boogied my way back to the truck. <laughs> so I get back to the truck, and I'm still very curious about what I heard that evening. So when I got back home, the first thing I did is I went on you know, the internet and just started Googling like screams heard in the woods from an animal sound, like animal screams in the woods. Mm-hmm. Started looking up. Uh, you know, different audio files landed on a bobcat. So that night, walking out of the woods, I was in pretty close quarters to a bobcat. Bobcat, not something I'm super, you know, nervous about. Um, but it is kind of an uneasy feeling, especially when you don't know what you're actually hearing. Um, and you, you've got a lot of alone time to uh, kind of simmer in on your way out of the woods. Yep. So, yep. It was uh, it was unsettling knowing that it was a bobcat though. It's that like I said, not something I'm super concerned about. 
But that could be you. You could be walking out of the woods this year, and if you hear a scream, first, rule out that it's not actually a person. Yes. And once you do, it could be a bobcat. Could be a bobcat. Could be, uh, I've heard people tell similar stories with mountain lions yep. as well. Um, and you never know. I'm trying to think. I was on the... Uh, Oh, the old Instagram machine the yeah. other day, and somebody, I can't remember, maybe you saw it too, somebody posted a video of a mountain lion in a state, what state was that? It was, I, I believe it was Colorado. I'm, I'm, don't quote me on that, but it's the one where the guy's walking out of the woods, he's got his pistol drawn. So there's that one, but no, there's one, a person is like in a tree stand. They're oh, whitetail hunting. Iowa, Iowa of all states. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. Yep. So like, I mean, you never, like, likely? No. You never know. But some of these, like... I guess more, you know, transient. Like I, I would assume that cat's uh, a younger male trying to find a new territory or something. I, who knows? That's all yeah. speculation. But it was in a state where I wouldn't think about encountering a mountain lion. Yeah, and and not to, not to you know, spook people about uh, you know bobcats, mountain lions, whatever. But the thing that has always kept me on the edge of my seat when talking about cats versus other large predators like bear mm-hmm. or specifically bear, if a cat doesn't want to be seen, he's not going to be seen. And there is nothing that you can do about it. No. I always I've, I always wonder how many mountain lions I've walked by. Yeah. I uh, Several years ago when I lived in Iowa, I was hunting a brassica food plot. And uh, wind was in my, in my face, had a couple of does walking in, headed to the food plot. Um, wind was perfect. All of a sudden those deer just, you know, spooked and boogied out of there. Then I looked 30 yards in front of me in the food plot, kind of like, you know, if, if you're not familiar with brassicas, they're a big, you know, uh, like almost like a root, like a, uh, like picture an onion or Mm -hmm. something. And then they have real big, big leaves, broad leaves. Um, so like in and amongst those, those leaves, which, you know, they're big, but they're not like, they're not ridiculously big where something could like legitimately hide in it Mm -hmm. but that bobcat was tucked on the ground and he was slithering kind of through that stuff and i would see him and then i'd lose him for five minutes and then i'd see him again so it was pretty telling in that thing's uh, ability to to disappear in plain sight oh yeah they're stealthy they're stealthy well eric i'm glad it wasn't a person i'm glad nobody got hurt uh, and, uh, and you're able to, uh, sleuth it out. The, that's the beauty of the internet now these days. Yep. So, um, very cool. Well, thank you for sharing your spooky story. It was a good one. And now we're going to, you get to hear my spooky story. Cause I got one too. Let's hear it. Should we just go for it, Ryan? We're going to go for it. All right, Eric, I'm going to lay this one on you. This was several years ago in Wisconsin. I don't have the exact year. It was February, though, had gone out doing some coyote hunting, uh, using primarily coyote vocalizations. Got a dog all fired up, just, you know, and uh, he never came in, so I didn't get a coyote. I did, however, have some fishing equipment in my car. Naturally. No, I think it was February. Maybe it was February. Anyway, and I'm driving home. I'm like, well, I'm out in a boot. I cross this stream. It's got an access point at the bridge. I'm like... I got no place to be right now. I'm go do a little trout fishing. Mm-hmm. I wade up the stream, uh, fly fishing, caught a really nice brookie on a big streamer. Oof. And uh, it's a good day. Having a good time, you know, and just kind of meandering up the stream, you know, keeping my keeping my feet wet in the stream. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm like, I smell something. I'm like, ooh, something's dead. 
something's dead. Sure. Now, one thing about hunters and anglers, Eric, but um, I feel like on the news, mm-hmm. like 99.9% of the time when somebody goes missing, who unfortunately finds that person after they're deceased? Hunters and anglers, Mark. Hunters and anglers. Mm-hmm. This isn't in my mind right now, though. I'm like, oh, something's dead. Yeah. yeah I'm curious. You know, you never know. Dead something down here. Like, right. I'm, I keep fish, fishing my way up the stream, and the scent is getting stronger. Sure. And stronger and stronger. I'm like, oh, man, you know? And again, at this point, I'm just like, I don't know. Uh, like, I'm like, well, I'll eventually get to it. Like, you know, I'm going, I'm by my nose, I can tell I'm headed straight for it. Sure. It gets really strong, and I'm like, okay, I got to start looking for this thing. I look up. And on the edge of the stream bank, Eric, is a big brown tarp. Oh, no. With something rolled up in it. And like I said, the smell is like overpowering at this point. I'm like, and I'm like, I mean, it's like, and this is about as long as this table. It looks like a giant, picture like a giant cigar. If you've watched enough Netflix documentaries, you know exactly what this thing looks like. And I'm like, Eric... I, I I recall my thoughts like exactly. I'm like, oh my god, I found a dead body. I came out here. All I wanted to do was c- catch a few trout. Now I found a dead body. Like I'm going through the motions in my head of like, what am I gonna do? Who do I tell? I'm like, well, I'm going to investigate slash confirm right like what this is like with hopefully like not touching anything. So like. I stay in in the creek and I'm getting close to it, getting close to it. I'm like, I'm not going to touch it because I'm like, dude, this is like likely a crime scene. Right. You know, like I don't yeah. want to disturb anything, but also like if it's not what I think it is at this point. You're pretty committed. You're pretty committed. Like I'm like, if I'm going to tell somebody about, you know, if I'm going to have to go tell law enforcement, like right. I don't want to, you know, like false alarm or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I finally get up close to it, Eric. Dude. And this is weird, but also like, thank God. I get close enough and I can see some deer hair around the tarp. Okay. And I'm like, okay, good. This is like good. There's a lot of deer hair around the tarp. Like this is like likely not a human being at this point, but it's also like super weird. Like why is there, Yeah. you know, and then I peek in and I can kind of see in the opening a little bit and I'm like, "Eh, I don't know. I'm like, well, I, I think I can see part of a deer and I'm like, okay, so this is a deer. And I undo the tarp, and this is the unfortunate thing. A crime had still been committed, Eric. Mm. It was a big dead buck hole in the tarp, antlers uh, taken mm. off, just skull capped. Unreal. What time of year is this? It was like February or something. Jeez. So. Was it fresh? It it was in the sense that it hadn't been fully decomposed. It, w- it was not fully decomposed, like yeah. at all. Like so, but also I feel like the cold weather and the fact that it was in a tarp and like animals couldn't get to it mm-hmm. had like preserved it. Sure, but I still to this day don't know why. Well, number one, I don't know why somebody would just you know skullcap a buck and ditch it, Pitch right? It, yeah. But I also don't know why they took the time to roll it up in a tarp, right? And like leave it down there. Like and it now was you so know weird, you're dude. In like there, you're in ugh. their turf too. Like you are, they were clearly there at one point. No telling, Mark, what they'll do to you if they find you poking around in that. Oh, yeah. That was the end of my fishing that day. Like I was like, dude, this is super weird. I am out of here. But to this day, like I was like, I'm just so thankful that it was a yeah. person because it was so suspect of some, like, sure. something like that had happened. Oh, dude. 
So let me ask you Ugh. this. Have you been back to no. that spot? No. No. Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. I almost quit trout fishing that night. Oh, no, man. I didn't quit trout fishing, but man, like that. And it sounds like a money spot. It was good. Yeah, I, caught, I think I caught one or two that day. Yeah. I'm like 12 oh, like inch brookie on yeah. a big streamer. Big, black, gnarly, oh, bunny, bunny yeah. leech streamer. That's small, unfortunate. Small fish will eat big streamers. They will. Um, big fish will eat big streamers, too. It's a good but, tip. So there's my, that's my spooky story. That turned out as good as it could have. Right. You never know what you're going to find out there. You know, it's one of those things where, like, when you do come on a se- something like that, you, you did the right thing and going to look at it, but you don't know what you're in for until you've actually, you know, peeled the layer back and figured out what, what's underneath that tarp. And had there not been the deer hair just kind of like scattered throughout, like kind of like almost like the area just right around the tarp. Because sure. you couldn't see it from that far away. Yeah. You know, um, I probably would have like looked into the best of my ability, but I really wasn't going to touch anything. Right. You know, it wasn't until I'm like, okay, that's a deer in there. Like I can see part of a deer. Yeah. Like, because like you said, like I thought I was coming on like some horrific crime scene. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's an unfortunate reality. Um, about being in the woods. The more you expose yourself to, you know, rare occurrences, you know, that's more at bats. Yeah. Is it, is it Mm -hmm. likely to, you know, find a dead body in the woods? No. But if you're someone that spends, you know, 35% of every, you know, year in the, in the woods, hunting, fishing, doing whatever, your odds are more increased than the average guy. Well, totally. Like people put out these stats, you know, like an analogy would be like, well, I mean, you're more likely to X than be attacked by, you know, a sure. grizzly or you're more likely to X than be hit by lightning. It's like, okay, well, yeah, that's for like people as a whole. Like, like you said, what about when you're putting yourself in grizzly exactly. country several times a year or, you know, you're on top of a mountain several times a year? Like yep. not everybody's doing that. Yeah, you know? exactly. So anyway. <laughs> Spooky. It was spooky. I'm glad it turned out the way it did. Tis the season, though, for a good scare. And we want to hear your scares. Yeah. You got any spooky stories out there? Yeah. Yeah. If something weird has happened to you in the woods, hunting, shooting, fishing, whatever, drop it in the comments below. We'd love to, we'd love to kind of hear your take on it. Absolutely. All right. That's all I got. That's my spooky story of the day, Eric. I like it, Mark. I really liked your story. It was excellent. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Till next time. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. There you have it, folks. Thank you very much for listening. As usual, give this video a like if you liked it. Comment something below and give us a subscribe to the Vortex Nation podcast channel. It would mean a lot to us. Also, why don't you give us a follow over on Instagram while you're at it, at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'd love to hear from you over there, and we'll keep you updated with all kinds of cool photos and videos from our adventures that we do here. Otherwise, we will see you on the next one. Thank you again. Happy hunting and shooting, everybody. Have a good one.